Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are pleased to have with us today a true icon of popular entertainment. That's right, Steve. This is probably the most quoted person in the history of quoted people. That's true, ladies and gentlemen. We're proud to have with us Charlie Brown's teacher. Welcome, ma'am. We are so glad to have you. Now, let's jump right into it. How did you get this role? That is one of the most fascinating Rise to Fame stories I've ever heard. You you truly are one of the most quoted characters in all of television history. Do you have people come up to you and quote you? And and what do you think of the fans who have loved you all these years? Have you... I imagine it can get pretty crazy on the various convention floors. Has anyone ever just blown you away with their impersonation of you? <laughs> There's nothing like the original, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Let me get a little bit serious here. As a teacher, when you look at today's education system, how do you feel things are holding up? And what would you do to change things if they're needed? I'm not... I'm not sure that's the best way to go. Are you sure that's the best way to go about things? Kids, uh, kids will be kids, and sometimes you've you've got to let them express themselves a little bit. No, ma'am, I don't have kids, you know. But but that's a bit unfair. I work with teenagers. Well, Steve, let's just all calm down a little bit. I, I wasn't trying to start anything. I was just wondering what an educational icon like you would have to say about things. I, I'm not. I'm not sucking up to you. I'm just trying to get the, keep from this thing getting out of hand. Well, yes, ma'am, we are known for derailing podcasts, especially our own, but that's kind of part of our charm. <laughs> I resent that. I think that if you polled our audiences, you would find that we have kids of all ages who listen. You did poll the audience. Yes, ma'am, we do have um, some some senior adult listeners. Um, and, and, like, there was Ace. Remember Ace, Derek? I remember Ace. Ace, the fighter pilot. Ace, he, he liked us. That's true, ma'am. He may not have liked us that much, but he did listen. Why are you being so hostile? We had a great secretary. You don't talk about Edna that way. Edna is a saint. Do you hear me? A saint. Look, if you want to talk about what out-of-work, washed-up players, ma'am, you need to look in the mirror. Now, Steve, that's that's a little harsh, man. Oh, fine. I won't take up for you. I was just trying to keep things from getting further out of control. Yes, we are known for derailing podcasts. Are we really going over this again? Uh, yes, ma'am. I know repetition is a great way to educate, but this doesn't really seem like... Hold it right there. You don't talk to Derek that way. He is a talented, choosy mother guy. No fat jokes, ma'am. I will not stand for it.
Well, that is the final straw. I would say it's been a pleasure, but you most certainly have not been a pleasure. Good day, ma'am. He said good day. Cue the music. On this episode of Geek Out Loud, where did we dig up that old fossil? Derek and I delved into the controversy that is the Star Wars Blu-rays. Some shoes went on auction uh, here recently that we've got to talk about. I'm doing a Godzilla watch. That's kind of fun. And uh, we jump into your emails. All this and more on this exciting, steric-filled episode of Geek Out Loud. This is the Geek Out Loud podcast. everyone and welcome to geek out loud this is the podcast that is feared by the nerdist i'm steve glosson don't you just love it when a piece of music gets you excited yes i really do okay that's who i am Did you get a little- <laughs> i'm the guy who gets excited by music i hear you <laughs> particularly that song oh man How- because this is geek out loud you better believe it sir how's it going man I can't think of a good witty comeback. I'm fine. I'm good. How are you doing? I was about to break into John the Levelator, but I stopped myself. I'm all right. Who's that writing? John the Levelator. Oh, man. It's been too long since we've sat down. Well, first off, let's pull the curtain back. I'm trying to do everything kind of live as far as sound cues and stuff. We'll do it live. We'll do it. I'll write it. We'll do it live. Um, but uh, but that's kind of and that's kind of an adventure in and of itself right now. Um, but uh, we're we're doing something we haven't done in ages, and we are recording um, in the PM night, in the PM in the late night in the in the wee hours. And I'm doing something I've never done. I'm doing Geek Out Loud from the comfort of my living room. So. We're breaking, we're breaking new ground all over the place. That's right. Well, you know, the table you moved into my, we moved into my living room back in. I have such vague memories of that weekend. (laughs) Like I was thinking today, um, I was on, I was listening to the radio and there was a sound clip from Caddyshack and it was Bushwood, you know, I was something. And I was like, Hey, we watched Caddyshack at Steve's that weekend. I totally forgot about that. There was so much that was on this TV that weekend, like Tron, Tron. Um, but uh, but this table we moved in, and understand that was May, middle of May. Uh, state has stayed in my living room ever since. I never moved it back to the what kitchen. What table did we move in? That little round table that was over in the corner in the kitchen. 
Oh, yeah. So. That wasn't there to begin with, no, was it? Uh -uh. We moved it in here for the purposes of doing uh, one of the final Starkville House of Ale podcasts. And I'm going to apologize if everybody can hear me doubly right now because it's just coming through my earphones like there's no tomorrow. Oh, I'm sorry, man. Didn't that... It's not your fault. I'm so... It's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. Um, really... Hopefully, it doesn't record that way, and because it really doesn't bother me. But well, real quick. Um like I'm a second in the past. Speaking speaking of the shoe thing, and I and I know we didn't talk about talking about this, and so if you want to cut it out, we will. Um, cut it out. We, okay. Just <laughs> We've just gotten a lot of people. The picketers with the flames outside have gotten they've gotten tired over the last three months. Yeah, <laughs> they've started to sit down, and it's become like a Woodstock type thing out here. But you you sent me the other day a, a clip, um, just basically of you filming the screen where where Graham, which is terrible. Out where Graham had the edit going. Um, but I want to say that I think it's going to be well worth the wait uh, when, when that thing comes out. It, this, ha this isn't just us throwing some random video together. You know, literally, Graham and, and Derek both have really put a great deal of time into the vision, and Graham has worked really hard to pull it off, and, and it's coming together nicely from what I saw. Yes. And so it so you know quality takes time. So we just want to let you know that it is coming and it's it's being done. But it's being done, so, dude. It is more than I could have imagined it would have been. Steve is very serious about wanting to, uh, like, release it at a film festival or something. Like it's it's that quality, man. It's that kind of quality as far the as the editing is, but the the footage is not. But I think that's part of I think that's going to be part of the charm. And and once we release it for the uh, listeners, I think if we go back and we tweak a few things as far as just kind of making it the story of Shoe, I think it'd be great. It is it is quite interesting to see you know, we covered a series of topics all of us and when the when the footage came together which and what you saw the other day was just Joe and myself. Right, right. Um, I saw probably forty minutes worth of other footage of the hour he's cut together already. That's, I mean, and you and you said that if we used all the footage, it would end up being like a three and a half hour long. Well, I mean, I gave there's like a terabyte worth of yeah. more two terabytes worth of footage. Yeah, it's it's wild. It looks it looks fantastic. So I say that just kind of as an inside thing to say, you know, hold on to your butts in the words of the great Samuel L. Jackson, because when this thing is released, it's going to be really quality and, and, and you're going to find that it's well worth the wait. I mean, Graham's putting a lot of time and thought into it. So, um, Derek, since I, I think since the last time we we recorded uh, the new half of the season of Doctor Who. And then before we get all this, let's let's do a little pimping. Okay. Cuz there are there things for you to discuss and What do you I'll doing? let you take this time to do that now. I don't I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, is he is he there? No. Who? Him. He, him who? I've got a Lego Yoda on the mantle. I've got um, You know who I'm talking about. I've got a Kermit the Frog. Uh <clears throat> Are you talking about? Are you talking about Buck? I may, I may be talking about Buck. Are you upset that the Big Honking Show came back? I'm not upset. My response to the return of the Big Honking Show was, why don't you just get Buck in on Geek Out Loud and expand Geek Out Loud for Saturday mornings? Because and and and, and make it all and do it with Buck. They love the Buck because it's two different shows, man. You're talking about you're you're talking. I'm, everyone I know people love Buck, but people love you too. And are people, you are you accusing me of being jealous? 
Jealous? <laughs> You accusing me of being jealous? I'm accusing you of having a cable guy like list right now. Are you accusing me of being jealous? Steven. Steven, my list is gone. <laughs> I'm not. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm saying that. Uh, no, Steve Glosson's got a friend. <laughs> Dude, he's not a very good friend of mine. There's gonna be like six. Um, Lately, something's changed. It ain't hard to define. There's going to be like a six-week span where Buck's not going to be around on Saturdays, and I was hoping that maybe we could do it a little later in the morning and you jump in on that thing. Steve Clausen's got himself a friend. I don't want to make him mine. Why are you being? Why are you hating on Buck so much? Man? I'm not. B- Buck started this. Buck didn't. How did Buck start this? He drew a line in the sand. <laughs> he showed up at the studio that one day. <laughs> he did. <laughs> And I was like, you leave. (laughs) I said, good day, sir. (laughs) No, he he started this. We had a good thing going, and then there's Buck. Wow. Do you have a message for Buck or something? I mean... Watch your back. Wow. Okay. Can we we move on to Doctor Who now? Because I'm feeling very uncomfortable. That's right, because I'm a choosy mother. You are. You stay away from my podcasting partner for life. Oh, man. Okay, well. It's not a podcast. It's a radio show, but it's well, not no, going it on the radio. No, it's, so no, it's, it's a podcast now. and so, But you're still, I mean, look, there's no stuck no, or beef. No. You know, it's Steric. Can we discuss that Steric is actually a real shipper name now? Yeah, okay, I saw someone say something about that. Where is Steric a real shipper name? Teen Wolf. D- mm. <laughs> I like the way you said that, by the way. I like the inflection. Teen Wolf. <laughs> I didn't the ma- the magic of the things you learn through Tumblr. What now? Um, what is the Teen Wolf? That's a show on the MTV, right? It is, <laughs> and we're talking about it on the podcast. Right. That doesn't sound as good. The Twitter, right? Um, um you but saw- you remember the old Teen Wolf styles? Yeah, oh, of course, I remember Teen Wolf. My okay, and you remember like the- his second greatest role ever, cinematic. And you remember the the character of Styles? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, Styles, and there's a guy named Derek. Wow. And they kind of, you know. Hmm. They have a relationship. The way, well, no, just the way that fans do, you know, when they have two characters, which nothing is between them, but they create things between them. Like, so, I don't know, for instance, Chloe and Clark. Okay, so basically all of the all the crazy Smallville fans now watch Teen Wolf. Essentially, yes. Okay, all right. Anyway, so Styles and their Derek. Revenge. This is their revenge on us. <laughs> so they get back at Derek and Steve. <laughs> We'll show them. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna make sure that ship these two people. Man. Um. So yeah, Styles and Derek are steric. Well, that's just frustrating. Spelled the same way. That frustrates me. Huh. Um. But I put something out there on Twitter the other night, and a lot of people were like, uh, "You guys at it first? Yeah, we did. So we're keeping it. I think we should go into some forums somewhere where these people frequent and be like, "We're the original steric." It's okay. We're bringing it back. <laughs> okay, so moving on from the stericness, that makes me uncomfortable as well. Um, Embrace it. <laughs> like a paradox. Um, <laughs> uh, Doctor Who. Buck. Doctor, um, <laughs> no, not Buck. <laughs> Just shaking my fist at him. <laughs> Curse you, Buck Thompson. Um, 
the big honking show is back. <laughs> That's why Buck and Steve's name is Suck. Oh, oh! <laughs> oh man, I got Sorry. A, I'm going to have to figure out a way to play mediator here. Buck loves you, man. Buck hates me. No, he doesn't. We'll talk about on the Big Honkin' Show this he Saturday morning. He thinks you're his. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're going to talk about on the Big Honkin' Show, and I can't defend myself because we'll he hates me. We'll get in me. the chat. We're, we, we stream live over at Ustream. Oh, Go. that's all I'm good for. Get in the chat. <laughs> yeah. We'll... <laughs> we'll Skype you in, man. It'll no, be no, no. You <laughs> want me in the forum, apparently. <laughs> you want me to take the back seat to that. That's how that works. <laughs> Good enough for your little geek out loud, but I'm not oh good enough God. for big honking. This show. is like the main. This is like the the podcast that I that I have now mm-hmm. more than anything nope, else. Nope, nope. Apparently, there's two. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this is it, man. This is the. You going on front lines anytime soon? Anything else without me? You, t- you going on tour without me? No, the mall, no. the Steve Glosson Mall tour. Is this happening, no, Tiffany? No, but Michael Cohen. Who is Tiffany? You know. No, I don't. I think we're alone oh. now. Um, the uh, the Michael Cohen, the host of Front Lines, is is wanting uh, to come on Geek Out Loud. So. Just, oh 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 oh! Yeah. So now I can't even be on. No, I think it'd be great no, to have no, you on no. Cohen. Really? Let's just talk about your little Godzillas or whatever well, else. Doctor we're going Who first. I want to get because you said something the other. Okay, here's the thing for for all our Whovians out there. We're three episodes into Doctor Who. What have you thought so far about this this latter half of the sixth season? <laughs> okay, yeah. With a thumbs down. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who goes <laughs> with a thumbs up? <laughs> Someone who's really confused about their feelings passionately. Dyslexic? Someone, I mean, who does uh, that? True, yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> um. It's been it's, it's Buck. It's, That's who does that kind of witchcraft. Oh man! Okay, let's stop with the Buck talk. Um, it's been it's been really weird. That first episode kind of got off to a shaky start to me for the for the second half of the season. It was kind of like ugh, people are just going to tear us apart if are. we start. I know they are, and I'm and and I, the thing is, is I'm trying to be. I don't, you know, I'm not bashing it. I'm just saying that for me, um, maybe I just had high expectations. Maybe I got caught up in all the fan hype. Now, did you watch The Girl Who Waited? Is that the one that was this past Saturday? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You told, me that you told me after the one with the little kid that you weren't watching anymore. Well, you know, I say things. Now, the one with Amy and Rory was awesome. Yeah, the the Girl Who Waited, that was actually a really good episode. And it and it felt because more, I love it when it's timey wimey, yeah, wibbly wobbly, all that. Yeah, he I don't even like said, He even said when he looked at that magnifying glass, he was like, "Oh, this is all wibbly wobbly." And yeah. I'm like, "Yes, um, yes, it is." But now with the little boy episode, you you made an observation that it kind of crossed my mind while I was watching, but I just kind of set it to the side. Um, and and you've got a theory. Well, there's several things at play here, and you know. That guy that's the executive producer, Moffat, Stephen Moffat, he just, he's almost too smart. Yeah, yeah, he'll blow your mind. You know how you, when you and I um, create a scenario, yeah, or let's say create we create some sort of elaborate inside joke? Yes. We don't really create it, but say they happen and we expound upon them for weeks or months at a time. Right, right. 
like I seriously think when he was not executive producer, when he was just a writer on the show, he would like go home at night and write his notebook. If I had the show, this is what I would do. And yeah, yeah he's just written yeah. out all this like tenfold of stuff that's yeah, just like, here's yeah. what I would do, and here's what I do, and here's what I would do. And then he's got this is gonna happen. And it was just like so it's like there's notebooks upon notebooks of in depth things he's been thinking about since like season three. Yep. Yep. Or however long he's been on the show. He may have been on since one. I don't know. I I, I think about Blink and that's one of his episodes mm-hmm. and that's yeah. three or four, season three or four. I think four. But anyway, so it's hard to – you're always sitting there going. And I, I remember doing this with Lost, but it's so much worse with Doctor Who because Lost, like, they would tell you every time you see a book on the show, it has something to do with that episode. Right, like right. that specific novel would ha- would somehow intertwine with the story or the characters of that episode, but on Doctor Who, you're like, does this ma- does this matter? I'm writing this down. I'm do- I'm doing this right now. I'm writing this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm googling that thing yeah. that they just said. Well, you know, um, like even with the River Song thing, he set that up back in like season. Um, it would have been season four with Donna. In the uh, the, in library the library episode, yeah, you know. now whether or not we knew that that was going to end up being the next companion's kid or not. Oh no! Yeah, I don't know he, yeah, I don't know if he knew that, but he definitely, but, you know, he definitely had this character in mind that had some relationship with the Doctor. And and, and I saw an interview with him where he was like, um, you know, I always thought if I got to revisit this, you know, and it was what you said. He has a notebook. He basically he had a notebook. If I were the showrunner, I, screw yeah, I don't think he has a notebook. I think he has a TARDIS. He has. A- <laughs> He has a little. He has one of those trapper keepers that just happens to be bigger on the inside <laughs> than it is the outside. <laughs> he's got a TARDIS, which is that word I hate saying. But he's already gone ahead and go. Oh, I do this, this, this. All right, I'm going to go back and do it now. He's I, trash can. Remember the yeah, trash can. Yeah. But you, the one of the things you said that blew my mind was in the in the episode with little boy. Um, uh, the, the doctor he he says when I was your age about a thousand years ago. You know, and that's kind of just a throwaway line. If it weren't Doctor Who, yeah, because there's the, for the first half of the season. There's all this confusion on which Doctor he is. Is he the one that died that was eleven hundred and something, or is he our Doctor it's that's nine hundred and right, something? Right. And so this kind of leads. You know, if you if you take that one little throwaway line. Well, there's more than that. He, he's dressing differently in yeah, the second half of the season. Coat. Someone pointed that out last he's night. He's wearing a duster. Night. Yeah. And there was a great line in probably the best line of the episode, really. It wasn't really heartfelt or anything, but if you take it into the whole consideration of Doctor Who, we're not nerds, by the way. Um, <laughs> we're geeks. But nerdist, if you would like to have us on. We're, we're geekist. Chris, um, shout out to Chris Hardwick. We'll talk about that later. Um, there was a great line where, oh, see, and the episode kind of got so crossed, I forget what led to the line. But anyway, he says, "Oh, if I if I if I misquoted, it's going to be awful." Give me a second here. Okay. Give me a second. Should I vamp? stall? Should I vamp? Vamp. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I'm not good at stuff like this. It's not the vamping, but the stuff as far as like picking out these little things and thinking about it. every season of Doctor Who, I just would just watch it. And then as they all put it together, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, and so here we go. Sometimes knowing your own future is what enables you to change it. Who said that? The doctor. Oh, my Lanta. He knows. He tells, he tells Rory that because yeah. Rory's like, wait, if 
if Amy did this now and she doesn't do it back then and blah, 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 blah. And he's like, you know, isn't that going to create a, par- a paradox if she does this? He's like, yes, but sometimes knowing what happens enables you to make the right decisions. Oh yeah. He totally knows. And yeah, that's, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to jump on this train with you, Derek. So if he knows he's going to die, then he can change it. Well, and the doctor who showed up at the lake knew he was going to die. Yes. So at some point, so, and, and we know that he was apart from Amy and Rory for some amount of time to them, you know, but no telling how much time it was to him uh, that he spent finding all this stuff out. So, you know, uh, this last episode, I really enjoyed this. The girl who waited, I thought was just, it was, to me, it was returned to form of just good doctor who, um, and, you know, so it's got me going for the next week, even though next week looks like it's going to be a real weird, um, monster-filled, kind of scary Yeah, episode. but that doesn't look that bad to me. I was, I was, I was, I did not like Let's, Hulk, Let's Kill Hitler. I didn't either. I liked, except for the line, we've got Hitler in a cupboard. <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of great one-liners. There was a lot of humor. It was a big, ramped-up episode for the return coming off the heels of the big reveal with a good man goes to war. But overall I was let down a whole lot. And then the was it night terrors. Was that yeah, the second yeah, one? Little boy. Mm-hmm. I mean, that kid freaked me out. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it. Okay. But the only thing I really liked in that whole episode was the bit where they were going around from apartment to apartment. Right. Oh, that was a fun bit. Yeah. <laughs> but I, everything I else. Mean, was... I like that episode. Okay. It's just that I think, the first half of season five was so, I don't know. There were just so many moments where you were just, your mind was blown, you know, from, from the moment he gets shot on the beach to the point when he, I mean, he walks in the way they, uh, trick, six. do what now? Yeah. Season, Did you say six. season five. I'm sorry. Season six. Yeah. That's fine. But I mean, from the moment on that opener where he gets shot on the beach to, then he turns around and walks back in, in the diner and then, the, the way he tricks the silence in the next episode. and Oh, you know. those first two episodes were, like I said, it actually made me want to watch it. Right, right. And, and then you had that pirate episode, and then I was back to like, uh, I don't care. Yeah. But then the, the whole the whole thing, and I was kind of, I guess I was expecting something similar to those first two episodes with Let's Kill Hitler, you know, and, and beyond. And I feel like the whole river thing was tied up way too cleanly, and everyone's too satisfied with that. <laughs> Yeah, you know, when you make me not even like time travel that much, you got a problem. Right, right. So, um, but I because I did not like the time travel they offered us. You've still got Patch Eye Lady out there. Um, Patch Eye. I don't know what her name is. The Patch Eye Patch. Eye Patch Lady. Yeah. Sorry, Patch Eye. Because that's what they call them. The Eye Patched. (laughs) Oh, the Patch Eyed. Yeah. um, Buck. So uh, easy killer. So uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about before we got in, you know, too deep into the episode was mm-hmm. um, the fact that I've been doing this Godzilla watch through that I said I was going to do. Um, I'm up to uh, the next one is Godzilla versus the Sea Monster. Um, you know, I've seen him fight. Does Netflix have all these? They I mean, have, you, they have several, you? and they kind of rotate in and out. But okay. you can also get them on DVD from Netflix. And um, and there are other means to which to procure Godzilla movies. Um, I know not of what you speak. I don't either. I don't know how to do all this internet stuff. But um, but I'm Mark up to does. I'm, but I'm watching them in order as best I can, and I'm up to Godzilla and the Sea Monster. I've seen him fight the three-headed golden dragon twice. One time on a whole different planet, um, Mothra showed up, 
and so did these little miniature. <laughs> you made it sound like you crashed the party. Mothra showed up. I'm just, and... I'm just saying, in the one in the one movie, Mothra was there. Um... <laughs> Mothra's like that guy. Oh God, here he comes. <laughs> don't talk. <laughs> just don't talk to him. Hey, maybe if we ignore him. Well, and there's this weird moment. Hey guys. There's <laughs> there's this weird moment in the first movie with. Ghidorah or Ghidra, the three-headed gold dragon thing, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. Godzilla and Rodan are fighting, and and sure enough, Mothra shows up just like that third guy, and he's like, "Hey guys, this really bad hey. monster's coming. We got to fight it." And they have a conversation, and the little action figure ladies translate for everyone watching. Oh, they're like, "Godzilla says, Rodan so, says." So the Japanese. The English voiced over Japanese are translating for you. No, well, well, they're translating for even the, not for the viewers, but I'm talking about for the characters in the movie who are standing on a hillside watching these monsters, these three monsters stand around. and They just happen to speak Godzilla and Mothra. Well, because they're from Mothra's island, so they understand monster uh, language. It's, it, I, I'm telling you, I was a kid the last time I did well, all this. I'm telling you, it, it starts out, the first Godzilla movie really starts out... Um, you know, like, okay, there's a monster that's created by nuclear war, you know, whatever, and they have to destroy it, and they do. The second one, you know, he ends up getting trapped in a ice avalanche, you know, and then he comes back to fight King Kong, and that was weird. King Kong's, like, risen to life by electricity, but King Kong fights an octopus in that movie, too, and it's really strange because it's like they used a real octopus on this guy in the suit. No octopi were hurt in the filming of this movie. I hope not. Um, but uh, octopus didn't exist back then. It's the sixties. <laughs> what are you talking? You just really threw me for a. I really wanted to see if you argued with that. <laughs> I, it's just. I, do you believe that? You know. Is he for real? Do you even believe in dinosaurs? Buck um, would never make these kind of outrageous oh, accusations. Yes, that's the thing. Yes, he would. Um, and. And then in the Mothra one, it gets really weird because you have this island where these people worship Mothra and the two little ladies. But I can't stop watching these things. Which one's the fairies? Those That's the Mothra that's thing. That's them? Okay, yeah. okay. And they ride around. People carry them around in a little box. And they're like little twin people. And then in the next one, they're like stars. And they bring them out on a TV show because little kids want to see, whatever happened to Mothra? And, and Mothra's still like a little worm larva or something. He's, he's that guy that just showed up at he the party. Is. They're like, well, we don't really like to talk about him, but here are the two fairies from Monster Island. So I'm, I'm interested to see what the sea monster looks like. Understand, I don't know much about Godzilla. Other, I mean, I do now, but... I'm anxious for you to get to like Godzilla 2000 yeah. and the ones that have come out in the last 10 or 15 years. Yeah, I'm anxious to get to Mecha Godzilla just because I like robotic Godzillas. So, that's <laughs> that's, you know, but, that's very specific. Yeah, I know, right? That's that's a very specific interest you have. So you like two movies. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, it's like I can totally see where kids would have eaten this stuff up back in the day. You know, the plots are so thin and they're so, but it's so much, it's kind of fun. It's great Saturday afternoon TV. Has it made you appreciate, like, um, digital technology? Yes. <laughs> well, like movies like Cloverfield? Um, yeah, in a way, it has. Uh, you know, um, I, I appreciated Cloverfield for what it was anyway. Or Super 8, which uh, I didn't see. Well, but... Super 8. 
I, see, I want to encourage you to see Super 8 because I really, really enjoyed Super 8. I didn't like intentionally not see it. Right. I just didn't see it. Right. And that's kind of what happened to me. You know, and I can thought, you hear me okay? Because I, I just keep hearing myself. I can hear you great. Can you not hear me? Okay. I can hear you, but I can hear me twice. Yeah, that happens to me sometimes. And I'm not that fat. No, I am. <laughs> What was your Richard Simmons show? Oh, yeah. Tell me if this is funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so fat I make Jabba the Hutt look like Richard Simmons. I'm, <laughs> I'm also that straight. <laughs> so, Yeah. I'm good now. Okay. Anyhow, yeah, I mean... Godzilla. Yeah, Godzilla, Super 8. Godzilla. You know, it's, I don't know. I think that... I'm interested once I watch through like a majority of these, I'm going to watch probably... I'm going to watch up until before the time that the American Godzilla was released and then watch that American Godzilla. And, and then maybe... You got to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and then maybe dislike it. And I hear that in Godzilla Final Wars, he actually fights the American Godzilla. Never saw that one. Yeah, me either. So I'm really looking, but you that's like one of, with that. That thing's huge. Yeah, but that's like one of the last ones. Well, he's huge too, man. He's walking around, tearing down buildings, stepping on houses. The miniature work in these things um, hold on, hold is on. comparable to the miniature work when Superman tore down the dam in Superman the movie. And or, then rebuilt it. Or, or not rebuilt it, but like pushed the rocks down the way when the dam broke. Godzilla Final Wars is in 2004. Yeah, it's like the last Godzilla movie. The only Godzilla Japanese film to receive a PG-13 rating. That's crazy. I'm looking forward to it, man. There must be some blood in that mess. <laughs> I don't see anything about the American Godzilla. Well, I'm the... telling you, it happens. It happens. So. I don't... Where? I'm, I don't know where it happens. I'm just telling you what I read a long time ago. Um, I see nothing about that. Well, I'm just telling you. On Mount Fuji, a hunter and his grandson discover Manila, Godzilla's son. Oh, he's in that? See, I hadn't got to the son of Godzilla yet. I think that's the one after Godzilla versus the sea monster. But that's like go... That's not the same. That's not Gadzuki or Godzuki from the cartoon series. That's Godzuki. Right. That's not Manila. No. Manila Folder. Manila. His full name is Manila Folder Godzilla. Manila. Proper name. <laughs> I'm kind of done with this conversation, to be honest with you. Uh, we should just. New topic uh, DuckTales or Darkwing Duck? That's a, that's a tough one. Um, Darkwing. That's that's interesting. I did not. What a twist! <laughs> that going that way. Well, because I always like his lines that he said between where he said "I'm the terror that flaps in the night" and and the line where he said "I'm Darkwing Duck." Like in the opening. Well, oh uh, no, just in that like when he would like reveal himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My favorites were like one time he said "I am the surprise in your cereal box." Uh, he said, I am the gum that sticks to your shoe. My favorite one was like, I am the chill that runs up your spine. Yeah, but, you know, they both had Leprechaun. Uh, le leprechaun, leprechaun, Launchpad, McQuack, right, excuse right. me. Um, but DuckTales had Gizmo Duck. Yeah, I was never a fan. Where's Buck? 
Uh, what is this? You well, don't I, like? I mean, I'm just saying he's not my favorite. He stretched. The, you, when you what about Blather? You don't like Blather and Blather Sky? Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's great and everything, but to me, that just kind of stretched the believability of the show too much. The the cartoon about ducks, right? That that talk and drive and dive through money. When you say it like that, my argument doesn't really make. <laughs> Touche, rabbit. <laughs> you, you have, you have, you, you have the victory, sir. You're so wise, you, Baxter. You, <laughs> you're like a little like a, Buddha, covered like in a miniature hair. Buddha covered in hair. Um, what? <laughs> Why? Where did that come from? <laughs> okay, Ducktales. Ducktales had the better theme song. Darkwing Duck. When there's trouble, you call DW. Ducktales, woo! Someone should mash that up. Get okay, on that. get on that. Um, do you get on that? Speak, speak. Here's a segue for you. Speaking of mashups, kinda. Um, the Green Album has officially been released since the last time we recorded. Uh, the Muppets Green Album. Uh, again, ladies and gentlemen, you're not going to find late breaking news on Geek Out Loud. That's not what we're about. <laughs> Um, it's late, but it won't be breaking. Right, right. But um, it will just be late news. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Um, so there's a new Superman movie coming out. Apparently, oh my! It's yeah. called Superman Returns. You know what? And also, since the last time we've recorded, we've seen some full body shots of that Joker, and uh, he is buff. Um, green out. Buck. Buff. Buff. Oh. The, uh, I'm just the, hearing it now. The, the Green Album um, <laughs> gosh. Um, has come out. Uh, it's, it's Muppets tunes done by uh, other artists. Mm. Um, that it is, Steve. What do you think about it, Derek? How, what, is your, what is your initial reaction to the, to the Green Album? Love it. I enjoy it. I, it's really good stuff. It, it, it's not like the best album ever made. It doesn't have these amazing renditions it just makes you feel good that's a good that's a good way to say i'm just happy when i'm listening to it yeah okay go has gotten a lot of attention um off of this album they've got the lead track on it and they have the music video which is another great okay go music video yeah you know what i wasn't really super familiar with these guys until i until i saw they were doing that muppets video and I started. You had seen the treadmill video and stuff before, hadn't I, you? I'd seen it like in passing. You know, okay. music videos were never my thing. Um, but they did no, this- but that was one of those you know viral. Yeah, that yeah, was that, that was one of the first viral things from a few years ago. I remember really right. taking off. Yeah, and and yeah, and so I mean, like that's the thing. It's like I watched it. I'm like, I don't really like the music. That's pretty neat what they're doing. Uh, but I tell you what was what I love is they do this video with a mousetrap. Where they do like the mousetrap game, the Rube like Goldberg. Yeah, machine. the Rube Goldberg machine. It's it's awesome. I just, well, that's why I love the the Muppets music video with them because they go through all their music videos. They've yes, got the dogs, yeah. and they've got the Rube Goldberg machine, and they've got uh, the treadmills, and it, I just think it's hilarious. And and uh, and it ends with them all in bed with the Muppets and. <laughs> Dr. Teeth, and and it's just great because you have all these classic Muppets there. It was very, it was much like a Muppet sketch. Yes, yes. And, uh... Mark! <laughs> the sheep at the end, yeah. <laughs> and and they were on, they performed it the other night on, um... 
Was it Leno? Uh, Tonight Show? Yeah, Jay Leno and Animal, which I, I never watched Jay Leno, but yeah, Animal, and did a drum off with their drummer, classic, which was fantastic, classic Muppet stuff. So, um, so it's it's a decent. You're right. It it just makes you feel good when you listen to it. Do you have a what? Well, let's do it this way so that we always end positively. What's your least favorite track on it? Do you know? Um, halfway down the stairs. Yeah. That's I, I never, I never have really liked that song. Like even when the Muppets do it, right, right, and that—that's kind of me. That was kind of down there for me. But for me, my least favorite was Mr. Bassman. Really? Yeah, because that was always one of my favorites that they always. And you don't like that? This and I don't like. It. They start doing something weird with that flanger on the guitar or whatever, and it's just like, it just it it kind of wears me out a little bit. And um, and it and to me it's like you just missed a chance to really just have a good rocking time with a fun song. I don't like Menomina. I'm yeah, I'm mixed on that. I, I didn't like the version of it. Cake did a great version of Menomina back a few years ago I've and never, I almost wish they had just used that. I've never heard Cake's version of Menomina. Um I I love uh I love Nightlife. The uh, yeah, Brandon Saller does that. Um, I just love that track in in Muppets uh, in the Great Muppet Caper, and, um, and they even there's... and they even throw in the line, "You don't have to play so loud." That's okay, I don't mind. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, man, there's um, there's so great. The last three are awesome. Yeah, because it's like, um, I'm trying to think. It's it's you know it's not easy being green. Yes. I hope that something better comes along. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going to go back there someday, the, which is just my all-time favorite Muppets song. Yeah, the I hope that something better comes along. I wish they would have put a little more soul. It's in not it. my favorite, right. but it is a good version of but it. But now I love the Being Green. Um, I do too. I think. See, I think Being Green is like my favorite Muppets song. I think Being Green for me is my. Um, I'm going to go back there someday. What it is, what that is to you, and I love the way they just, you know. They don't try to spruce it up. They don't try to change it up. It's just, you know, they play it straight, and it's just a, and they just do a great arrangement of it. I really like it. I like Weezer's Rainbow Connection. Um, yeah, that one's pretty good. It doesn't even sound like Weezer that much. Right. right. Um, um, the Wishing Song, Airborne Toxic Event, does that, and that's pretty good. Well, and Moving Right Along is a See, good version I, too. Yeah, I just don't like that style of 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 music, I guess, and so that. Well, my. F- do you have just an absolute favorite on the whole thing? Um, is it being green? It's probably being green or or not life. See, if you start throwing on throwing in Eminem's Duck Time Band, <laughs> I I melt. See, I don't so, like that. So my morning jacket doing Our World, which yeah. is already like the most like like when that happens in that show, mm-hmm. when she comes out and starts singing that, the, whatever happening for me stops. And I'm watching that scene, and I love their version of it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm. I, we're different on that one. Okay. Because I'm not. I'm not a big, big fan of that. Being you don't like Emmett Otter's Jug Time Band. I've, you know, I've never watched Emmett Otter's Jug Band, Christian. And we're gonna stop recording. And right it cease. And here we go. Put it on. You can have Buck for all I care. <laughs> you have never seen I, I Emmett never Otter's. Have. I never have. It originally, I think, aired on HBO back in the day, and we never had those kind of channels. You know, the pay channels or whatever. So that's why I never really got to watch Fraggles, uh, Fraggle Rock, until it was a cartoon on NBC on Saturday mornings. 
because because of that, you know, because we just it came on. If, if, I, if I get you a copy, will you watch it? Oh heck yeah, yeah, of course okay. I will. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll I think you, I think you'll copy. love it. Yeah. Well, it's uh, Jim Henson. I love. He did this thing one time. They did this special one time at Christmas about a toy. Like it was mm-hmm, almost mm-hmm, Toy mm-hmm, Story mm-hmm. before Toy Story. I remember that. And if they got seen by a human, they would. They basically died. Yeah. And it was really dark, but I loved it. You know, Kermit the Frog was there for maybe two seconds, just kind of like, hello, this is the story of. And it's really kind of. And when I first saw Toy Story, that's what it reminded me of was that Christmas special. And I can't remember what that was called, but, um, you know, this is the thing. We love the Muppets. We love everything, Jim Henson. And this is why we should be on the red carpet in, on November 23rd when uh, the Muppets premieres. Indeed. So, you know. Um, man, we've been going a bit here to, to kind of open the show up. So let's. Uh, uh, do something that I never do, and uh, and let's kind of jump over the emails this time around. And um, and Derek, I want to. I know that you're. Where's gonna, Mr. Postman? Well, we're not going to do that. We're not going to jump into emails this time around. Why? Uh, just because we've been going almost an hour now, and we've got so much else to talk about. It's been a while. Been a while. Well, I mean, do you want to jump into some emails? I tell you, we'll jump Wait into- a minute, Mr. Postman. Okay, well, we will. Uh, we'll jump into. Why am I singing tonight? I can't sing. Because you love it. Oh, I, I um, think I'm like channeling you tonight. We I think will, we've switched again. We'll jump into. We'll jump into. You're like all on topic here and going with an outline, and I'm like. I know. I I need to. I John the Leveler. I should have never. I should have never made it. John the Leveler. How do we do? I should have never made a. I should have never made an outline because now I'm like oh, I got to stick to it. I should have just done what I always do: jot down quick little things I want to talk about and be done. Well, let's do it. Okay, we'll do it real quick because I know people love it. Let's jump into some emails. Okay, this comes from Vanessa. Um, she says, uh, Hey, Steve and Derek, I'm so glad to hear uh, more and more Geek Out Loud from you guys. I've been a fan since the start, and I have finally had a chance to Did watch... Did she put me in parentheses? No, she didn't. Nobody puts Nobody Derek puts in parentheses. In parentheses. Um, she says, I am... She said, I've been a fan since the start. I finally had a chance to watch Young Justice and have fallen in love with the show. <laughs> oh, with the thumbs down? <laughs> No, with the thumbs up. Oh, yes, wow. with the thumbs down. <laughs> what in the world? I did not like that show at all. Wow. I, I was so bored. I haven't watched it uh, yet. Um, Speaking of boring, DC Comics number all new 52s. Let's let's step that up. Vanessa, we're going to step away from your email real quick. I've read... <laughs> um, Vanessa, after these messages... <laughs> we'll be right back. Um <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness i have read that um, just happened <laughs> i have read uh justice league number one i've read mm-hmm. detective comics number one i've read action comics number one oh thank mm-hmm. you Derek. um <laughs> oh you're welcome and in each case i was not impressed there the best one that well, I've also read Batwing, mm-hmm. Batgirl, Batwing. Mm-hmm. What is that? 
He fights in Africa. Is that a person? Yes. Is it Bruce Wayne? No. Is it Dick Grayson? No, he's African-American. In Africa? He's African-American? But he's Af- He's. Hmm. Don't, don't think about it. Don't do that. What's <laughs> <laughs> going with that? Point Glosson. Uh, uh, okay. Curtis on the Twitter is just shaking his fist at me right now. <laughs> See, Dizzle Fizzle. <laughs> Long claw, um, Curtis Daniels. Um, anyhow, so okay, so he's kind of like the Black Panther of the of the DC universe. Then, well, he's he's a he's a bat agent. He's with the Batman Incorporated group. Whoa, whoa, whoa! That's still around. Yeah, they kept that in in continuity. Oh, my explain God. that to me. I don't know because what I read in Detective Comics and in Justice League, Batman's like an outlaw. As far as Detective Comics and Justice League go, but then that's its own thing. Okay, so there's I don't know. Mm. I, just I did not say. like I did not like Batgirl because I'm bitter and I miss Stephanie and Brian Q. Miller. Yeah, um, Batwing was interesting, and I'll keep getting it because I'm actually getting comics now. It was yeah. it was like a good jumping on point for me with nah. all this. <laughs> You said the magic word. <laughs> How's that for a callback? Hey, zombie. Um, what did it, we really did turn into Saturday morning here. We did. Um, um, the the thing is, is like okay, the Justice League number one. It's it's not. It's it felt too Marvel to me. It was like six pages. It, yeah, it felt too much like a Marvel comic where it's like they meet each other, they kind of don't like each other, and then they realize they have to band together. And then it ends with Superman. And they didn't band together. They're like, hey, let's go beat up Superman for no right, apparent let's reason. Go, let's go handle him. You know. And he's like, no one handles me. And I'm like, hmm. I must break you. Yeah, and, and, and then in Action Comics 1, while Superman's running around with his... You know, jeans rolled up and his little shirt. His boots on. And his tiny little cape. It's like, I, I, really, I see what they're doing. They're taking it back to like a 1938 kind of Superman. But the character... Because he can't fly. Right. And, and, well, and then, too, his attitude. He's like, you know, he's busting up organized crime. And he's, you know, taking on the little guy. But he's too edgy. You know, he's too... Superman has evolved beyond what that Superman is. And I'm not... Okay, look, and I know people are digging it and they're liking it and everything. I'm just saying it's not for me. I need more. I need more time. Give me time. <laughs> I need my tambourine again. And and the uh, the detective number one, or was it Batman? Detective, I think, number one. Detective Comics, number one. Batman, number one, hasn't just, come out yet. It was just, it ended so, yeah. It's like, what in the world? It was dark. I liked it, though. Yeah, it just, I don't know. It's like the one person they didn't. Because if you're going to do something like this, if you're going to reboot all this crap, then do something drastic like that. Yeah, but how about do it like this? Do an Ultimate Universe like Marvel did. Let's not. I'm just saying it worked. Let's not do anything like Marvel did. Well, they did Justice League like Marvel does. Well, they did Civil War too, and you know where that got us. Well, (laughs) 
back to Vanessa's email. Mm. Uh, she says, "Who didn't put me in parentheses?" <laughs> she says, "Finally, seeing Superboy on my television makes my fangirl heart sing and my inner sixteen-year-old, my inner sixteen-year-old girl heart uh, squee." I'm 23. Being fascinated with the character since I first heard of him when I was seven made me research him a lot, and I've found and collected old uh, comics and figures. And <laughs> Whenever there's, huh? And whenever there's, I had to resist. I started to do the. He's single, ladies. Um, hi there. I've yeah. Steve. Hey. Hey. I found and collected old comics. Nothing. Ladies. Oh, I've, I've found and collected old comics and figures. Whenever there's a new comic that has Superboy in it, I must buy it. So to my question. Uh, most of the time in comics in Smallville, Superman takes Superboy as his pupil, teaching and helping him master his powers. While in Young Justice, he is at times mean to Superboy, wanting nothing to do with him, acting like a deadbeat dad, while in turn uh, is making Superman, uh, which in turn, rather, is making Superman unlikable in the Young Justice universe, which is real weird seeing Superman as unlikable for me as the two biggest Superman fans I know. Why do you think the creators of Young Justice are taking this route? And do you think uh, Superman's reaction to Superboy is okay? And she she put a YouTube video in the email that she sent, and and really it's when they first kind of meet Superboy, and Superman's a little standoffish, and then Batman is actually talking to Superboy in the Batcave, and he's telling them, you know, we're all proud of you, you're doing a great job. He's like, all of you, you know, and he's like, well, it takes him. He's a little hard headed. It'll take him a while to come around. Um, I haven't seen any Young Justice outside of those clips that she sent, and I can't, I can't speak educatedly other than to say that, you know, if I were Superman, and suddenly there's this clone of me, um, I, you know, I'd be a little wary too, you know. I think that Superman's just like you got to prove yourself, kid, and. and and honestly, if we can take it from a Smallville standpoint, everyone that was ever Kryptonian that he met was like a jerk, mm-hmm. was a bad guy, you know. And so, um, so yeah, I think I think it's I think it's justified. Superman hadn't been mean, and he hasn't, you know. He's just like here's this kid that really wants him to kind of take him under his wing, and Superman's just like, you know what? I don't know. I, this is you're getting ready to betray me, you know. He's, there's just an untrustingness about him toward this boy, is what it looked like to me in the clips. So I just. I don't like Aqualad. Yeah. If it was just a, a show about Connor, I think I'd like it more, but I, 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 I can't get I've watched four or five episodes. It's just not for me. Yeah. But, you know, sacrilege. But I, I, didn't, I didn't really like Justice League Unlimited that much. Really? We've had this conversation before. Okay, well. Um, I like some of them, but then some of them, they were characters I didn't care about. Right, right, you know, yeah, And I was just kind of bored. Yeah. And that's kind of what this is. It's sort of just a young version of Justice League Unlimited to me. Um, this at Mount Justice, meanwhile, meanwhile. At Mount Justice. That, is it Mount Justice? Is that what they call the place, really? Yeah. Weird. Uh, this one comes from Juan. Juan Ver, Verhug. He says, uh, hi there. Hi. Uh, so great to listen. <laughs> <laughs> hi, Juan. Uh, 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 or Juan Raymond. Juan Ramon. Uh, is so great, so great listening to your shows, and it was awesome hearing you guys break down the Marvel movies. Being a DC fan, I had hoped that Green Lantern would have lived up to Marvel standards and qualities. Uh, it was disappointing. Marvel has really impressed me time after time, and I think you guys had it right. Marvel is really hitting the nails with the characters of these superheroes, while DC uh, wants to capitalize on DC Warner wants to capitalize on the superhero comic book buzz. 
On the Batman success, I think it hangs on the shoulders of one guy, Nolan. I think it's his vision and storytelling above all that saves the DC universe when it comes to movies, except for standalone movies slash miniseries books like Red, The Losers, and Watchmen, which I really enjoyed. Marvel Studios has become the benchmark of summer blockbuster releases, and I'm looking forward to The Avengers. All in all, a great podcast, awesome laughs, love your viewpoints on both Thor and Captain America, and your Muppets digressions. I started Sherlock after Derek's thoughts on, on it and really thought it was amazing. My next project, Doctor Who. So... Um, <laughs> You know, this is we kind of went off on a quick digression last episode about you know why is it that, that DC and Warner Brothers can't seem to get their DC properties right uh, on on the big screen, and you know I I think it comes down to the studio. You disagreed a bit and thought it came down to DC, and maybe that's truth. Well, now that I know it's kind of both. Control. I think it comes down to well, I guess we we disagreed on who had what, but my feeling was Green Lantern was all DC and like the dark knight and dark knight rise and stuff is all warner brothers mm-hmm. yeah and, and and that shows the success versus the hey let's let's make more action figures and sell more comic books instead of right. hey let's let's you know make a quality film that you know who knows could be up for an oscar or something yeah it it looks like uh the superman movie they're making um some of the pictures and everything that have kind of leaked out onto the interwebs um, it looks like they're making kind of an epic Superman in, in a way. A little bit. Uh, you know, um, I, I have some theories about what Zod is and what he becomes, um, you know, based on some of the pictures that have been seen and that sort of thing. Um, I, I really like Cavill in the suit. Uh, I'm, I, the red briefs to me are, I miss them because the suit now looks like a big giant onesie or feety pajamas, if you will. And, um, and, and I mean, because honestly, when you look at it, you realize, you know what, those red briefs, they might not make sense, but they're aesthetically, they tie the suit together. If I'm He's highlighted in areas he should not be highlighted in. True that. And, well, I mean, I guess he, it and the, depends on and who the you're talking is, to. the thing is, we've seen one picture of that suit in proper lighting, you know, where you light it just right for the movie and that sort of thing. And that was that official image that was released. Um and it looks great. I love the cape. I love everything about it. But what I'm talking about is just the environments, the things they've done on set, the the the, the pictures really make it look like it's got a bigger feel than even Returns had to it as far as some of maybe the, the action that we'll see. And, um, <laughs> Implying that Returns had action. <laughs> and that's coming from somebody who loves Superman Yeah, yeah, Returns. yeah. I mean, I do too. And, and so, but I think that... My my fear is they might have you know gone the pendulum may have swung too far the other way, and so I hope we get some good story along with and but you know and I think how can you not with Diane Lane Kevin Costner you know the people they've they they've put in place um, who's Jarrell um, Russell Crowe Russell Crowe is Jarrell you know I mean Russell Crowe's not an actor to sneeze at you know I mean these are some these are some names that have been put into place on this thing that all we're all we're really missing is Jimmy Olsen. Mm-hmm. And, and if they do Lex, but I'm guessing by this point they're not. Have we talked about Fishburne? I don't, I don't hear we haven't. As as uh, as as Perry White, you know that's something that a lot of people kind of. I was surprised at how much people got up in arms about it. Well, it was the same week that Spider Man became. Yeah, the the, half the ultimate Spider Man Hispanic, half African American, yeah. and. <sighs> 
people really show their stupidity online. It really, you know, it really Television is. without pity. Yeah, it, it really does. It blows my mind. It's like, I'm sorry. You know, one of the greatest uh, changes to, to ethnicity to me in a movie was the choice to have Michael Clark Duncan play the kingpin. Yes. No one could have embodied that role better than he did in, in, the, in the Daredevil movie, and a movie which I enjoyed, by the way, both of the yes. actual cut and even more so the director's cut. Um, and, and so Lawrence Fishburne can act. I'm sorry. If you want to see his range of acting... Show me. If you want to see his range of acting... <laughs> if you want to see his range... <laughs> Come on, man. He, he can act. If you show me. Show me. <laughs> if you want. <laughs> John the Leveler. <laughs> if you want to see his, his range of acting, first watch some clips of him as Morpheus and then look for uh, the cowboy on Pee Wee's Playhouse. I'm telling you. And you'll see this guy can do it all. And I think he's going to make. Yeah. I think he is going to make an incredible Perry White. I really, really do. Um, I think he's going to do for the role of Perry White what uh, Sam Jackson has done for Nick Fury, or what Marvel did for Nick Fury by drawing him as Sam Jackson in the Ultimate Universe. Um, you know, just wow, this is someone that really fits this role. You know, um, yeah. And and so I I think it's going to be great. Um, I don't know how we got off on the, oh the the whole concept about the studio versus the comic. Books, I, you know, and I think, One. and I think Green Lantern was just—you don't want to call anybody out, but I think there was just some problems in the script from the get-go that never really got. I'll call people out, out, you know. So I have no qualms. Um, well, you know, I, I mean, I don't want to. Fuck. Mm. Uh, <laughs> we had we had several responses. The big blue guy, you let me know this uh, from the Muppets. His name is Thog. Um, Thog. So, uh, <laughs> and and so you got uh, compared to Thog. Thog. I sure did. Big and cute, uh, mm-hmm. ladies. Um, ladies. <laughs> the uh, this comes from John from Philly. There it is. He says, Who? No, "This is no. This is John from Philly. This isn't a lady." Oh, uh, that was over. No, I thought you said John Philly. I was no. like, "That's an awesome name." Yeah, this is John from Philly. He says, "Hello, gentlemen. I was listening to your most recent cast. You're trying to figure out the name of the big blue Muppet with ears. His name is Thog." Uh, I have a quick story that you might enjoy. Some background. I'm a big Muppet fan, and of course, as a geek, I had to get my kids into Muppets. Uh, yes. His first stuffed animal is Gonzo, and we watched the Muppet Show on DVDs. And of course, uh, or, or the Muppet and the movies, of course. He's two years old now. Well, this weekend. Uh, my wife and I took the kids to the Smurfs, and before the movie, the Muppet trailer played. And that was all it t- my son wanted to watch was the Muppet movie. Dad, over and over again, he kept asking me. I had to walk him out of the movie so he'd quiet down. And yes, I'll be taking to see him the Muppet. I'll take him to see the Muppets in November. Keep up the work. So that's cool. I always like to hear kids getting into the Muppets. You know, Disney, I'd like to go ahead and trade in our tickets for the red carpet and send John and his son oh, in our place. Be, I would not, Disney. Um, I will take this. <laughs> Uh, wow! Wait, is it really? <laughs> How did I become the heartless one all of a sudden? So yeah, um, <laughs> I would not. <laughs> well, that's gonna be real awkward with you, John, and his son. <laughs> that's right. Hi, this is Steve and John from Philly and his two-year-old son on the red carpet from the Muppets premiere. Here in uh, wherever it is. John's son's going to be asking the questions tonight. That's right. Um, 
Finally, this comes from Jeff Lane, and he says, uh, Dearest Steric, nicely done. You are back. Love to return the show. Let me run down my feedback as it pops in my head. Uh, He's late. Yeah, well, he, he was sending things to the wrong email, and so he finally sent them all to the right one. That'll he happen. He says, uh, love the Doctor Who music bit. So true that it can make anything more dramatic. Uh, you are both podcasting, nay, comedic geniuses. You're too kind, mm. sir. Uh, I have a bit we're going to do at Christmas where I'm rapping presents to that music. Rapping presents. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, you mean like acting. No, like w. literally, I'm going to be rapping Rapping. Gifts. Wrapping presents. Um, that would be awesome. We need to, you need to film that. Uh, I can't bit, rap, so it's going to be really bad. That will be great. Me neither. A little bit of round three wouldn't be bad. If this was a regular rapid-fire segment, that would be cool. Though the pugilistic nature and the need to take cover like a front-row member of a Gallagher show during the spinning of the wheel makes it not such a safe place. I was raised on the Merriam-Webster. The... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Lane was the return of the. Uh, we won't talk about that. Um, no, what were what the return of the Big Honkin show? Now that we have Stephen Derrick back, let's discuss. <laughs> I'm I'm so glad he brought that up. Now that you have Stephen Derrick back, you know what we're going to want next. I do. Uh, but, um. Uh, uh, here he gives just, us. You no, know, just shove that knife on through. That's he fine. gives us a list of safe bits to bring back. He says, sounds like you're embroiled in a bit of a legal battle over certain old bits, but I thought I would list a few of the oldies that Maybe you can bring them back with Buck. Be safe to return. Run, Steve, run. Just never did that. It was Run Ellison. Run Ellison, yeah. Run! Um, run, Ellison, run! See you, Steve. Um, see you, Steve. Jumping off point. Yeah, hey, we did that tonight. Yeah. That was pretty good. Uh, well, that's all I can think of at the moment. Keep up the great work. Glad to, uh, glad to see you. Here's some bits to come back. Two of them. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, thanks. Until, until Flynn. So let's review his email. <laughs> so glad to have Big Hawk and Show and Buck back. That's not- Here's a couple of bits you can do in lieu of Smallville stuff. <laughs> he says, until Flynn battles the MCP again, make mine a choosy mother. And that's from Jeff. So thanks for that, Jeff. Um, yeah, thanks, Jeff. Uh, I'm going to send Charlie Brown's teacher to talk to him. You know what? It's time. We need, we've got to put you in a better mood somehow. Um, I was Buck there. No. <laughs> That's going to wrap up the emails uh, for right now. Derek, there is something that we need to talk about that has taken place over the past week. Don't you play that music. Don't you do that to me. <laughs> Um, so there was some big hubbub to do over at Nike. Derek, tell us about it. Let me tell you what happens when I hear that theme song. Okay. I go put in all three movies. Nice. It's 11 p.m. I can't do that tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's kind of not fair. Like, it's not even really worth talking about. I mean, it is because it's for a great cause. Not, you know, I love charity stuff, but. Uh-oh. ZZ Top. Double back. I love that that's actually double back. Just, yes. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. I digress. Um, so essentially, a viral video leaked sometime last week yeah, it did. called McFly's Closet, mm. uh, in which you see pairs upon pairs upon pairs, about 1,500 pairs, actually, of Nike Mags, the... <clears throat> power lacing shoes that Marty McFly wore in Back to the Future Part 2 when he and Doc traveled in 2015. Yes. 
Um, and the speculation began. The speculation began because somebody who runs a big shoe blog. Which who to thunk? There's shoe, a blog. shoe blog. <laughs> I mean, more power to him, but it, that just proves the internet has everything. I'm going to find a peanut butter blog. Now, he got a package in the mail of um, the glasses that Doc wears at the beginning of Back to the Future 2 or the end of Back to the Future 1, what have you. Um, and, you know, several other things. Anyway, speculation, as Steve said, was abounding. And you know how excited you are for this Friday? Yes, yes. Multiply that times infinity. Okay, yes. And this is me the other night staring at my phone, my computer, my iPad, like all the things around me. Derek, my, that this line, was... my line to my friends was, we're about to live in a world where shoes tie themselves. And I didn't even care if they didn't auto-lace. It was just that here they are. Yeah, yeah. They're going to be made available. I can go to Foot Locker tomorrow. Unfortunately, all we have is a lady Foot Locker, but I can go to the lady. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I, can, you know, I can go to the finish line or something, and I can pick up a pair of Nike mags, the shoes I have coveted since I was a child watching my favorite film. Now all I need is that awesome jacket and, and the hoverboard, and I'm set. So I wait very, very impatiently. Like, I'm blowing up Twitter. I'm, I'm, on, I'm all over the place on this. And there's a peanut butter block. <laughs> Thank you for sending me that. I'm not sure if I judge by that URL. I really want to click on that, but thank you. Um, so I'm literally just like a kid on Christmas Eve. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I am chomping at the bit. I'm like, release it, release it, release it. And we get down to the wire, and here's Michael J. Fox. And here's his video where he explains that for the benefit of the Michael J. Fox Foundation is in his charity to find a cure for Parkinson's, um, which is an amazing cause. And I, I make no means of, of joking about that at all sure, yeah. leading up to this. Yeah. Um, that Nike, with his his foundation, have made 1,500 pairs of the Nike mags that will be sold on auction on eBay, 150 pairs a night for 10 days. That's... My heart, I mean, yeah. I just... Because there's no way, there's no way that... There are levels of disappointment, and I, I, I hit, I mean, and it's going to sound stupid, and I know you guys think I'm exaggerating, but I just, I like, I wanted to cry. Yeah. I did, yeah. because I just felt so, like, and it wouldn't have been as bad if I had just heard, if there had not been that, like, 36 hour of, they're coming. The, the build up, yeah. yeah. Here it comes. Here's these videos, and here's all this other stuff, and it's coming. And and so there's this 36 hour window where I'm just like, <laughs> you know, I'm just <laughs> running around like an ADD kid, and and then... You know, it's this, essentially it is this huge letdown. Um, and if, if it had just been told from the get-go, like, they're all for charity, it would not have been that way. But anyway, I digress. Amazing cause, such a great thing. So I'm like, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to give it a shot. It's not going to work, especially on the first night, but I'm going to, I'm going to see what happens. So I convinced myself that I'm going to lay down $500 for these shoes 
You still with me, Steve? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm listening. Okay. I'm, I'm okay. Listening so I, I'm. It's it's 10:30 p.m. Central, right. 8:30 p.m. Pacific when they're going live on eBay, and I'm mean, like I'm re, you know at 10:28 I'm refreshing NikeMag.eBay.com like yes. every you know 30 seconds. Right. I'm like, come on, come on, come on, because really we didn't know anything at this point other than what they had said that they were just gonna be. We hadn't really seen really great pictures. We I knew nothing. Um. And at that point, I'm still sitting there going, "Are they really power laces? Are we getting this?" <laughs> I, I knew that they that they would light up, but that's it. Um, and so here we go, 10:30 p.m. I find I, I go. They have sizes seven through thirteen, so I go to thirteen because I'm thinking, "Goes a that's what I wear." Um, and B, I'm thinking, who really wants a size thirteen? Right. Um, so I enter in my bid. It's at zero when I enter it in. I enter in my bid and I <laughs> I bid on a pair at zero. <laughs> and it refreshes like you've been outbid by seven thousand dollars. <laughs> that is just ridiculous. And that and and I was just like okay, I guess that's how that's gonna go. Yep. Um, like I took it personally. Sure. It was like Buck told me I couldn't have the shoes or something. <laughs> you got to stop that. Sorry. <laughs> it's all in good fun. Sorry. The uh, no. We love you, Buck. It's you know, it's I understand what they're doing and why they're doing it, and they're obviously going to raise um, hundreds of thousands. I I, they, I, mean, I feel like they've got enough money now that they're gonna. I mean. Uh, they've also got these little pell pins, and yeah. I mean, I it's, it's an incredible concept, and it was it you know, it's a great way to to support a great cause. What I hope Nike will do is like let's mass produce these things, let's see put them the demand. There. But then I'm thinking, well, then everybody that did that bought this is just kind of get screwed over. Well, I could see, yeah. I mean, I mean you, you laid got, down five thousand dollars for a pair of shoes, and here they are for a hundred. Well, and that's what I'm saying. Like, you, there's got to maybe maybe put them out that don't light up necessarily, or so, you know, do well, something. They gotta light up. I know, but I'm just saying, do something that well, they're not quite what you know these people bid on. Don't put them in the the Libyans yellow box. Sure. And, yeah. Yeah. And and donate a pro, you know, donate proceeds from every purchase to. <sighs> To that Parkinson's thing, which is what they really should have done. In the well, let me tell you how stupid I was today. I'm I'm sitting there still drooling over these things. Sure. This is the fifth night, mm-hmm. I think. And I'm looking at them on eBay, and I'm finally just like, forget it. I'm just gonna do it and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sitting in my office today. I'm like, all right, let's put in a you know four figure bid. Mm. And um, what did you put in? I'd, I'd I'd rather not say on the podcast. Okay. <laughs> Nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine. Let me tell you how scary it was. This was about three o'clock today. I even tweeted I should not have made that bid. Oh my lanta! It is eleven oh nine p.m. right now, and I kid you not. About seventeen eighteen minutes ago, I got a notification on my phone that says you've been outbid, and for the past like seven hours, I've been like, oh my god, somebody bid quick. How am I going to tell? <laughs> How am I going to tell my wife? How am I going to tell my child? How am I going to... This is so bad. What am I going to do? Take out another mortgage on the house. Mom, mom. Refinance the car. Mom, you got to come help me. Got to somehow get credit limit on a card. 
Thinking, who am I going to call? Have you seen, <laughs> yeah, Ghostbusters, buddy. Yeah, seriously. Could you guys cross the streams right around this area of my... I'm going to have to fake my own death. Yes. I mean, I gotta, I've got to go Incredible Hulk style on my way out here. Have I'm going to have to go down some deserted roads. What and, is the most you've seen a pair go for? Because um, I've not been following them. There are buy it now options with individuals who have won them and then reposted them on which I that's I kind of think that's awful because that is shady because it's a charitable thing right um, but I have I have seen buy it now options of upwards of ten thousand dollars wow the little four inch ceramic statues are going for like seven hundred that's crazy. They're you, four inches. They're smaller got, than Power yeah. of the Force figures, Steve. See, there's a lot of things that um, that that Nike has in this package that they could take out and just sell the shoes. And yeah, you know, like I say, and and then and then a part of the profits go back into the Parkinson's charity. You know, and I mean, I, I think it's an amazing thing. I'm so happy they have done it. I, I know a few people who have been diagnosed with Parkinson's. So it just, oh, sure. it's a very personal thing. I think it's great, yeah. but it's, it's, I just, I want those shoes. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I don't know what I do right now. So if, 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 if Robin Williams came out of the genie's bottle and said, you have two choices, you can either go to the Muppets premiere or you can have the shoes. I don't, I don't know. What well, I'm you've already do. sold your choice on that. Well, I want to meet the John and Philly and me are going to be screw John's kid. I want to get him. <laughs> He's too. He'll be horrified by the fact there's hands going up inside them. Mm. Um, Sorry, John. So, well, you know, I thought Steve would be a cool guy and uh, give up his ticket too. Yeah, you, you thought we come as a package deal. What is, what is what? There was a sitcom one time where. Or a movie or something where someone tried that move where they were like going to be nice and expect the other person to do it. And they're like, oh, all right, good. Well, I'm glad that's settled. But <laughs> it had to be like on either Seinfeld or Friends or something. But, um, uh, Derek, before we jump into round three, there's. I can remember Chandler going to the, the show at, at the, the theater that I'm not going to say on the air, but uh, everybody was supposed to go and he ended up going by himself because everybody forgot. And he hated it. Do you remember that one? Mm, no. And I'm typing. Was he going to see Joey? No. Um. And he gets stuck there by himself. He's oh, on the front yeah. row and he can't leave. <laughs> yeah. And then he ends up doing it. Everybody else, he gets everybody a ticket. And he thinks it's he's telling how powerful a show it is. And he gets them all in the front row. And he's like, "Screw you guys!" <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that. I also, um, I, I just, yeah, that's what that's what the moment was. You're like, Steve will jump on this with me. We can just say this. And be done. No, no. If we get tickets, no. If we're able to be at the premiere somehow, some way, I'm not turning. I'm not giving that up. Um, there's been some other disappointment on the interwebs lately. We've had several emails and tweets, you know, asking uh, opinions on this because you know one of the things that's no secret well first off i want to i want to make some commentary real quick about back to the future itself and what has happened uh, to that franchise in the past few years um on the interwebs and and in geekdom and everything else you know because Be nice i no 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 in, in a good okay. way you know okay. we had a conversation several years back about what is the best trilogy of all time you know and you maintained back to the future and i maintained the original star wars trilogy and you said I couldn't do that because it wasn't a trilogy anymore. And you know, yeah. well, that's the thing. Everything that was a trilogy is now no longer trilogy. Well, and not only that, 
but everything Rambo, every, Rocky, everything from that era um, uh, of the mid '80s, late '80s, or whatever um, has kind of been, you know, it, it seems to be either getting remade or or repackaged somehow, or either tacked onto. You know, Indiana Jones. Um, you know, you mentioned Rambo, and and it's just like it, it's a thing where these. <sighs> These franchises that are very special to a lot of people have had a lot of things added to them, done to them, remade, whatever the case may be. Back to the Future has become like this beacon of just it's perfect and you never need to mess with this thing ever again. Um, you know, as far as films go and as far as trilogies go and everything. And, and I feel like in the past few years, for whatever reason, and, and I think it may have something to do with... What was that? That was... I kicked something on the floor. Buck's um, there. No, he's not. <laughs> um, I, I really do. I think it has to do with, you know, things like the special editions, things like the prequels, things like Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, you know... Um, even you know, even things like Rambo and, and Rocky Balboa, I think it has to do with, with these things that, whether good, bad, for better or for worse or whatever, ha- have come out remakes of, of movies like The Karate Kid, and now they're remaking Short Circuit, and um, you know all of this different stuff that has taken place. Back to the Future has remained untouched, and 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 it seems to just get pop- more and more popular every year. You know, it seems like there's new people discovering it and loving it for what it is. Um, it's timeless because even though it starts out in 1985, you know, Back to the Future is a period piece that takes place in, in, in the 50s and then mm-hmm. Back to the Future 2 and this alternate reality plus the future, then Back to the 50s and then uh, and then Back to the Future 3 is a Western. And I'm tired of people, I'm tired of hearing people saying I like Back to the Future except for the third one. Back to the Future that's, 3 is a great right. movie. It's a great movie. And... Um, and and so you know, and I've come, and it might just be our relationship, you know, our friendship. But I have come to really uh, appreciate more than ever that trilogy, you know, that series of films. And and so I got a little excited when the shoes came out, you know, when they were talking about that, and I was way disappointed when uh, when it comes out that uh, I knew I would not be able to own a pair at all. <laughs> it's, it's really just... I don't know. I've uh, I've gone to therapy over the past couple of days, and it's, it's helping. Nice. But I don't know quite how to get through it. You know, even... Um, um, the game was not that... I mean, it was weird, but... Right, right. It was it was still very you know it stayed in the realm pretty well. Yeah, it um, you know there's just something about that franchise. It's great and Michael J. Fox. You know he's he's charming as all get out in those movies. It's you know Christopher Lloyd is fantastic. The whole thing it's, it's just a the story is solid from beginning to end. Even they there were two DeLoreans in 1855, mm-hmm. but uh, 1885. 1885, but. Uh, but I thought of some way to come back to your argument the other day, but I forget what it was. So, um, Moving on to finally, before we get to round three, one other thing that uh, some people have asked us to talk about and kind of share our thoughts on. And I'm kind of anxious about this because I haven't really talked to you about what you think. And and I'm interested to see how things go. This is 
the Star Wars Blu-rays are coming out this week, this Friday at the time of recording. I am excited about it for several reasons. Uh, the special features alone are going to be phenomenal. All the deleted scenes that are going to be there. Uh, for the prequels, there's different deleted scenes than what were on the original DVD releases. Um, the the up conversion for some of these things, one of the great, on the commercials on TV, there's the shot from Return of the Jedi where all the TIE fighters are coming at the Millennium Falcon in Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. And that's one of my favorite shots in the in the movies, in, the, in all six movies. It's, it's just, it it ramped up the action, especially for that original trilogy in a way it had never been before. And that shot looks so clean and so, it, it just pops so. I'm not going to hear from you at all this weekend, am I? <laughs> it is, it looks amazing. And so I am super stoked about these, these DVDs. But with the news of the DVDs comes, um, or the news of the Blu-rays rather, comes information that there have been some little tweaks and changes made to the films outside of just like the up conversion stuff done for special effects and that sort of thing. I mean, there are moments where like there was a point where uh, in empire where the ADAT falls over mm-hmm. that they could see the stick pop up from the snow that, that they used to knock over the, the model that they used to, that they filmed that scene with, you know, they had to paint that out where the Wampa grabs Luke off the, uh, off the Tauntaun. You could see the end of the arm, you know, in the puppeteer's arm, uh, and they had to paint further down the arm with that because, the, you know, these little things had always been there, but you just, because of the resolution, you never were able to see them. But when they began to really fix these films up and clean them up and really do this Blu-ray number on them, um, these things came to light. And so, um, you know, they, there's been a lot of work going into these things. And so there's been a lot of tweaks to them, things that I haven't heard anyone complain about. <clears throat> Ewoks blinking. Something I never thought about in my life that should be taking place is an Ewok blinking, but they do. I've never thought about that ever. And, uh, you know, it's not it's not distracting, you know. I guess it's to make them look more alive and less like people in suits or whatever. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, it's, 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 it's nifty. Uh, the CGI Yoda in The Phantom Menace. That doesn't bother me. Um, doesn't bother me at all. He looks, he flows more with what the rest of the prequels are. Um they got Frank Oz's blessing before they did that, you know. Um, and so it, it's not something where they're like, they're not Sebastian Shaw and Frank Oz. Is what, but is it the same audio track it's from the Phantom same, It's the exact same audio tracks and everything. They've just painted over the, the puppet that looked kind of, that did not look like Yoda. If, if Phantom Menace took place maybe 100 years before the original trilogy, yeah, I could see Yoda looking like that. But this, you know... When you're talking about someone that's lived 900 years, there's, there's not. I don't see how much you know. There's not going to be that rapid aging even in a 50 year span, um, and so, you know, so they've put that CGI Yoda in. And I'm sorry, what they did in, um, especially Revenge of the Sith, there are moments where they have shots of Yoda where it's like there's really a little green man in a suit there. Yeah, you know, and so. Um, you know, so that doesn't bother me, and I hadn't really heard anyone griping too much about that. The two big things come from the original trilogy, and and the first is in Star Wars after the Sand People knock Luke out and they're ripping off his um, his land speeder, mm-hmm. and he's knocked out, and R two's kind of hidden over in a little you know in a little crevasse in the in the wall. Um, 
Ben Kenobi comes along to save Luke. And in doing so, he makes a noise uh, to scare off the sand people. He makes the noise of, of a crate dragon. And in the original, original version, way back, it was one thing. Uh, they changed it for the DVD release in 2004. Um, and now they've changed it again, and this is what this is what it sounds like. So that was it. How did he do that? <laughs> well, the thing is, is in the, the force. <laughs> well, that's the thing, and a lot of people are like, you know, freaking out on this one YouTube channel. Um, Someone writes, that's the sound of George Lucas raping my childhood. Sounds oh. like, and this is the one that trips me out. Sounds less like a crate dragon and more like a fat basement dweller. Um, and it's like, what do you, how do you know what a crate dragon sounds like, sir or madam? You know? <laughs> Guess what? They don't exist. Those aren't real things. You can't find those on Earth. And, um, and in the... When the... Um, when the DVDs were released, it was changed to sound more like the lizard thing that Obi-Wan rides in Episode 3. Uh, it, had, it had more of that feel to it to kind of tie it together. This noise, though... Um, my bad. This noise, though... It's kind of disturbing. It, isn't it freaky when you just hear Well, especially because I can't see anything right now. I'm sitting alone in the dark of my office, and you keep playing that. Thank I'm like, you. oh, and God, that, I'm well, going to die. Well, see, that's the thing about that sound, is it sounds really freaky, and it sounds like a human is making it and using the force then to amplify the sound and cause it to carry in all kinds of weird ways and do weird things. And to me, it works. Like, I am totally... When I first heard it, I'm like, well, that's weird. But then, here's the thing. Everyone on the internet loves to just knee-jerk react. If you'll just stop and breathe and think about it, it, to me it works, and it's okay. It's like, I'm not going to hate Star Wars now, and I don't hate George Lucas because they changed the audio on that. And I knew that was coming. Uh, I heard an interview with the sound guys months ago where they talked about remastering the soundtrack. It's now in, the whole soundtrack now is in a, is in 6.1, um, you know, and it's and it's just there, there's so much good to come out of this stuff, and it's just like, calm down, you know, that's not a big deal. This is the one that I can see where people have a bit more of a problem with. This is from Return of the Jedi on the Blu-ray. This is as the Emperor is getting ready to kill Luke. He just said the line, and now, young Skywalker, you will die. <laughs> That is the one that people are freaking out about. 
is the no that everyone loathed from Revenge of the Sith has made its way into Return of the Jedi. Um, but you were telling me it's not the same. No, it's not. It's from. It's from. It's James Earl Jones, and it's, it's obvious, from Field of Dreams. It's from Field of. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's obviously from. Uh, um, it's obviously from tracks where they got him to do different takes and everything. You know that sort of thing, and and they and they put it in. Again, it's a thing where if you just listen and you don't hear it, it kind of works. You know, it's mixed in right with the soundtrack, and there's so much more in that soundtrack you hear now with that with the remastering of it. You can hear like Luke's breathing. You hear him sizzling. You hear you hear after he's been hit. Mm, the burgers are looking good. You, <laughs> you hear him sizzling. You hear his breathing, and it's like people just. I have just railed against this, and and I don't want to rip off anybody's original thoughts or ideas on this, but I heard uh, our friend Jimmy Mack from the Forcecast talking about it, and you know he said really kind of that word no was the last bit of Anakin Skywalker being tucked away into who Darth Vader was, and so this is kind of like his rebirth, and it's like he's coming back with that same word, and there's just a little bit of poetic symmetry to that. And again, is this going to ruin the movie for me? No. And I don't. Do I have a big problem? I don't know. If I were George Lucas, I would have made that choice. You know, that's not something I would have said. You know, what? this is this movie was perfect the way it was. I wouldn't have made that choice, but he did. And guess what? My life goes on. And quite frankly, if <laughs> You know, if you have... Why hasn't he changed Howard the Duck? I don't understand. <laughs> I saw someone say something about that. With if My thing is this. Derek, I'm going to get on a soapbox, so you may join me or you may disagree and throw tomatoes at me. It's I not a lot of room, but hang on, hold on off here. We'll get both. Well, I'm just, you, I give you the choice of disagreeing right now. Well, I'm just going to have to hold, you know, like on to you, but okay. I'm up here. Okay. Oh. If your life you is smell nice. Thank you. If your it acts, if your oh. life is so good and so perfect and so wonderful that the word no added into the soundtrack of a movie can cause you to just go off on a on a on a tear of how much you hate somebody and you can get so passionate about something that matters so little, I envy your life. Because I got to tell you, the stuff I deal with on a daily basis, this is nothing, you know? And this is, and understand, I am a Star Wars fan. I'm one of the biggest Star Wars fans that people know in my circle of friends and in, and even, I, I dare say on the interwebs, I'm the guy who, you know, I'm a Lucas fan. I, I admit that openly and freely. And the thing is, why get so upset about it? It's his movies, let him do with it what he wants. You don't own this stuff. And if you don't like it that much, guess what? They came out with it soon enough that you don't have to go buy the Blu-rays. And, and you don't have to in, vote with your wallet, if you will. But let me tell you what Lucasfilm has done great with Star Wars. I can name, there are several movies that have been released two or three times on DVD since the advent of DVD. And when they were released, they were released with maybe one or two each time, one or two extra special features to get you to go ahead and buy it again and again and again. When it was, And then they would release it on Blu-ray with maybe one or two extra special features, and the old special features from the DVD is still on there. Um, with very little care and concern put into the upconverting and the 
you know, and the quality of what's being presented. One set of movies that did not do that, Back to the Future. The Back to the Future Blu-rays are incredible. They will bring a tear to your eye, just how much work went in to make everything hold up and look great. The special effects look amazing, that sort of thing. With, with the Star Wars franchise, with each release of the VHS since that THX release back in the 90s when they, when they remastered, when they did the THX remastering of the sound and everything. Then, and then they, re, uh, they released the special editions on, on VHS with some special stuff before and after the, or, you know, before the movies on that, kind of about what they did to change the movies, that sort of thing. Then they re-released, um, they re-released them on VHS again with a special feature about episode two before the movies on, on that. And then when they begin to release the stuff on, on DVD, the first release of the DVDs in 2004 had that incredible documentary, The Making of an Empire, or Empire of Dreams, rather, uh, that walks you through the original trilogy and, and the stuff that George Lucas went through to get all of those things made, and really some great behind-the-scenes footage. There was some great uh, other special features. There were some The commentaries on there were very in-depth and very good. You know, The next time they released on DVD, they included the movies in their original form as a special feature. Who does that? You got two discs. One was the movie, the special edition, and then the other was the movies as they were originally released in theater. And I still hate that I don't have those. You know, well, and, and that's the thing. It's like each, with each D, and then they released yet another set of DVDs with the prequel and the original trilogies that were just kind of like, if you want a bare bones DVD set, if you want the movies, here they are. And now with this Blu-ray set, there are no identical. The only thing that's going to be that looks to me that's going to be identical to what's on the DVD are some of our commentary track that's on there because it's the same people doing commentaries. And so I imagine it's going to be the same commentaries that were on the DVDs. But they're also doing an alternate commentary track where they're literally using interview audio footage um, to piece together commentaries about the movies. That's huge. Do you realize what that took to do that? To sit down and go through hours and hours of audio and sync it up with the movie to make a commentary out of this stuff. That's amazing. Um, Does that get confused? I mean, have they got just set people for it? Because if... I don't know. Is it just random voices talking well, throughout the whole thing? Well, we'll see what they, did, what they did on the commentaries on the DVDs. Um, is, you know, they had like Ben Burt, Carrie Fisher, George Lucas, um, I think... Uh, 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 one of the ILM guys, Dennis Murin, you know, they had these people on there, uh, Irvin Kirshner on, on Empire, and what they would do is whenever that person spoke, up down in the in the letterbox, it would come up who was speaking. And so I imagine it will be something similar to that on the Blu-rays. Um, you're getting deleted scenes, as I said earlier, from the prequels that we didn't get on the DVDs of the prequels. You're getting deleted scenes from the original trilogies, tons of deleted scenes. There are all kinds of other special features that just take you behind the thing. My thing is this, is like people can gripe and complain about Lucas making money and ripping us off, but the, the Star Wars Blu-rays and the Star Wars releases have always been quality and there's always been something special about them. And this is no different. And for all that we're getting... Two words do not ruin that set. I'm sorry. No, no does not ruin that set. Uh, nor does this incredible sound that Obi-Wan does now. And that I have really... Stop playing that. <laughs> I closed the window out. Um, Thank you. Uh, but yeah, I, I just... It doesn't. It, it doesn't. I, I'm, and Derek, you might disagree with me. Maybe I got a little too passionate there. I'm sorry. 
No, I do, I do not disagree with you. It does not. You know what I love? What's that? You know, all that, you know, be danged. We're getting six films for 80 bucks. That is that blows my mind. Thank you. And plus all this, you know, 40 hours. Is that what the commercial says? Yeah, it's like 40 hours. And you count the if you count the commentaries, I think a lot of times they count the commentaries. You know, that's 36 hours worth right there. 24 hours worth. That's half of it right there. But still. They're, del- I mean, like just some of these scenes that they're saying. There's a Dagobah deleted scene between Luke and Yoda. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, wh- huh? You know, that's amazing. There's the whole Wampus stuff from Empire. I'm really excited. There's the about Sandstorm from the Jedi. Sandstorm on Jedi. I'm really excited about some of the other stuff on Jedi. There's a there's a scene where uh, Moff Jerjerod, 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 the guy that Vader talks to at the beginning of Return of the Jedi. He walks into the Emperor's throne room and gets like ejected either by the um the guards or the Emperor himself. You know, and I'm kind of excited to see that. You know, um there there's been just a lot of speculation about what's coming out. The, even the behind the scenes stuff that I don't usually go for, like they've got some uh where you can see models like in full you can pan around and see a full 3d model of some of the stuff that they worked on and yeah. click on stuff and hear them talk about like how they did the speeder bikes, the ad ads, you know, all this different stuff. And it just, it, there's a lot of work and time going into this. And I think it's, you know, it's just, I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to popping it in and watching it. And, and let me tell you something, Steve Lawson. You tell me, sir. I'm excited about this on Friday. I am too. And I, but, but more than that, and I don't know if it came out today or if it's next Tuesday, but I want that Padawan Menace DVD. <laughs> yeah, because that is the best thing I have seen. Yes, yeah. Th- it was better than all three to me. I mean, and I laughed at all three of the Robot Chickens and all three of the Family Guys, mm-hmm. but this to me was so just. I don't. I don't know. It was so genuinely funny. It. It was. But I did not know. You know how I found out about it? My little nephew who, for the first time, watched New Hope. No, Mm -hmm. he watched Empire Strikes Back first Mm -hmm. because he got a Yoda toy. Nice. And he wanted to see Yoda. So my sister showed him, who loves Star Wars, showed him Empire and then showed him Return of the Jedi and then kind of let him watch some of Clone Wars. But um, he comes up to me the other day. He's like, I want a Luke Skywalker sword for Christmas. Nice. And I'm like, you got to call it by the right name. You got to call it by the right name. And I, you know, I might talk to Santa and get you one. He said, I want a lightsaber for Christmas. This was like, this was last Saturday. So Sunday morning, I went to, after church, I went to Toys R Us and got him uh, a green lightsaber. Yeah. And and took it to him. Yeah. You sent me the picture of, of and he just, I've never seen that kid, a kid ever so excited about a toy. That's awesome. I mean, he was willed it, you know, spinning around and everything. Anyway, but he was telling me, he was like, have you seen, and he's, he's four. Yeah. 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 He's barely four. He was like, did you see the Legos? I said, yeah, I've got some of the games. He said, no, the, on, on the cartoon network, did you see the Legos? I said, what is he talking about? That's my sister. And she said, they did this, they did this Lego thing. And I was like, I had, I know not of what you speak. Yes. Yeah. And she was like, you got to go, you got to go watch. It's called the Padawan Menace. And it is, 
And from what I can tell, they really did not publicize this thing very much. No, they but, didn't. Now, I don't watch a lot of Cartoon Network. but I don't either. But, I mean, it was not. It totally flew under the radar. I didn't see anything on StarWars.com and about it. It is. I mean, there are so many times I was tearing up, Steve. When they got to Jabba's Palace and they came over the sand dune and Jabba's Palace had the sign like, <laughs> yes, like, the Vegas, like Vegas, yes. I had tears yes. coming down my face. Oh, when, when they're in the Senate and... You know, and you know, on the Lego games, everyone just kind of grunts and mumbles or whatever. Yeah, yeah, blah 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 blah. Yeah, blah, and blah, the guy blah, just blah 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 blah. I'm like, oh, that's so per- Palpatine, he's like Sith Lord, not a Sith Lord. So, yeah, like the whole hoodie, like, oh, no hoodie, yeah. hoodie. <laughs> oh, oh, here you go. And but I mean, three PO and R two, of course, Anthony Daniels does three PO. Um, who does Yoda on Clone Wars? Uh, Tom Kane. Uh, Say, so, and he does it on this too, Yoda. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, Yoda says peace out. What more yes. can you want? I mean, Yoda, the way he talks, I love that Yoda and Han Solo got an adventure together. Yes, yes, Because, yes. I mean, the kids don't know, but, you know, the minute that the orphan shows up and he's dressed like that and he gets the letters I-A-N on his mm-hmm. nameplate, you know it's Han. Right, yeah. He. Um, I, the the My favorite joke, and I keep coming back to it, is when Commander Cody gets kicked by the AT-AT and he just goes flying, and you hear him go, I can see my house from here. Yes. They were just so, <laughs> Commander Cody was great because everything he said was funny. Um, um, but there was totally um, 3PO, 3PO and R2 fist bump. Yes. Is yes, one of my favorite things in the yes. whole. The, the And there was so many elements from so much of Star Wars in there. The whole the, the whole thing of 3PO taking off in that bus, him and R2, that's right out of Star Tours. Yeah. Right out of the new Star Tours ride. With um, the hat on and everything. Yeah, it's right out of the new Star Tours ride. And then when they start to fly away and they're flying through the battle, I mean, that's that shot from Jedi that I love so much. They just Oh, uh, just uh, as soon as the opening crawl gets done and you see the Jedi Temple School District school bus yes. with the driver. Dun, 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 that's Lobot. That's Lobot. That's the guy from freaking Cloud City in in Empire Strikes Back that has the headphones on the whole time. <laughs> Just everything they did. Yes. Yoda's got the lightsaber officially yes. in auto magazine. Yep. They and they even got the guy that does the the old timey movie reel. Um, yeah, that's Tom Kane as well. That's the guy. That that's does Tom, the, the guy Yoda. that does it for the Clone Wars episodes. Yeah. He did it for this as well. Yeah, that's the guy who does the voice of Yoda when they're passing by the ship and Anakin and Grievous are fighting, and then they stop to pose. They stop to take a picture. <laughs> now, some of that was kind of funny because oh, you had Anakin and then you had Vader that kept Vader showing up. Vader walks in. Yes, he's like, but look, think George. How would it? Ah, uh, Vader, you come on over here, Dark. Uh, you're not. Uh, you're not. Do you see your name on this? You. And then you had the part Can where they're going into um, Moss Eisley, and they watch the footage from A New Hope. Yes, these are of, yes of three PO and R two reminding themselves that the droids can't get in. Yes, um, but the um, I love it at the end. The, I love it oh, when Vader comes out end. and George is like. You know, anyone can wear that suit. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. That already had me laughing. But then Admiral Akbar runs on the screen and goes, That's a wrap! That's a wrap! And I that's fell wrap. out of my chair. <laughs> it was quality, and I am excited that's coming out too because I will have it's been on my DVR since it came on. And I I've heard they're the gonna night. do more. I hope they do. I and a lot of people are speculating that this might be what the Seth Green project that he's working on right now is kind of like. Um, you know, that where kids can watch it. As much as adults can, because it was all ki- it was all kid friendly, and to me, sometimes that kid stuff is so much funnier than adult humor. Well, you know, to to write something where adults and kids find it funny is is a lot more challenging than to just go straight up blue comedy. I'm, I'm serious. I was just 
amazed at how many jokes they got in there. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, you know what it was? It was like a Muppet movie in a way. Kind of you know, was. As far, as, far as the jokes just kept flying. Uh, it was written by a writer of The Simpsons for The Simpsons who, who actually wrote it. Um, I can't remember his name at, 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 right now, but uh, yeah, I loved it. And I'm looking forward to picking that up because it's, it's, the, it was that good. So. Well, I really hope they do more. Yeah, I, I think they will, and I, I, I think they should, and I think they should promote them a little bit better. Uh, well, we've gone super long. Before we finish up, though, let's try to do it boom, 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 quick. Uh, it's time for round three. Again, everyone, and welcome to round three. This is the tri-weekly podcast where Derek Russell and I take three topics and talk about. No, that's how. You did you just go Inception on me? I did. I just incepted you. Um, <laughs> I was sitting there going, "Am I listening to an episode? What just happened here?" <laughs> um, Derek, shall we spin the wheel? We we I shouldn't have eaten. Yes. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Me. And it just won't stop. Oh God! Derek, it's gonna blow chunks. <laughs> Derek, uh, looks like we got number three. This is our uh, Steric standoff question. Smackdown. Yeah. Of, of the day. This one comes from Steve Glosson. Oh, hi, yeah. Steve. Uh, Derek, Thundercats versus Masters of the Universe. Masters of the Universe. I... You're going to disagree, and no, I know, I'm but I'm going to tell you something. Let me tell you something, Steve Dawson. Tell Lawson. me something, Derek Russell. I never liked Thundercats growing up. Okay. I was never allowed to watch Thundercats growing up. Let's discuss that. Uh, I don't. It was one of my mom's weird things about, you know, I could watch anything else, but I just don't think people and animals should be mixed like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I got in a Twitter discussion with somebody the other day on how alike your mother and my mother are. I saw that. I was like, "What are they talking about?" Well, it's it's actually very true. Um, but she's like, "I you just know, don't think animals, Baptist mother yeah, Southern. It's all I very." Mean, I just don't think animals and people. Should, so she wouldn't let us watch the Thundercats. But I'll tell you, as I I would sneak around and watch it some. And I, my mom did not like me to watch Captain Planet, but I never wanted to watch Captain no, Planet. Captain, I'm sorry. I know there are a lot of it Captain looks Planet stupid. lovers out there. Not a fan. I, I hate Captain fan. Planet. Um, I was a big fan of Masters of the Universe, though. Masters of the Universe was was number three in my toy list and my fandom list behind um, Star Wars, of course, number one, Transformers, number two, and then Masters of the Universe. Um, the, the characters, the broad range of characters and their visual... Stuff I even as a boy liked the Shira cartoon because I loved Hordak and his bad guys. I thought those were some of those. Shira, um, Shira, Shira. But now I will say this: Have you watched this new Thundercats cartoon? I saw the pilot. Really good. It's really good. I I guess I don't know enough of the name. Like I know enough to like if they do a, a robot chicken thing. Right. I know enough to laugh at it. I know enough of the names, but I really don't just. Well, see, I the, I heard someone in an interview with one of the creators talking about, "Were you going to have this person, this person?" I'm like, I don't know who those people are, <laughs> but, so I don't care. But what I found is I've really just enjoyed their take on it. I've enjoyed 
Um, the way they're just kind of telling a story, you know, even though the episodes are kind of standalone, there's still kind of an overall story arc to it. It, it's what they tried to do with the Masters of the Universe cartoon a few years ago. And I know you said you didn't like that, but I really liked it. I think I was just not... You were just being a jerk? Yeah. Okay. Did you sure. see that one? The one that came <laughs> out, uh, when was it, five or six years ago? The He-Man one? Yeah, yeah. we've talked about it. I okay. told you I didn't really care for it. I, right. But, we just said that. We just made reference to that, said, and then, then you, you asked... Said, but then you said you were just being a jerk. No, you said that. No, but you agreed. Well, yeah, I was going with the bit. Am I now being incepted? You know, you're being a jerk. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> did you or did you not like that Masters of the Universe cartoon? I did not really care for it. I did watch all of them. Why? Original's the best. Okay. Cubo, by the way, Cubo, not L. Um, mm-hmm. has, has that going for it. But, yeah, okay. He-Man and She-Ra. Yeah. What, who was your favorite He-Man character? He-Man? I like Manny Faces. Because he had many faces. Yeah. I also liked... Um, Skeletor. I also liked Modulok. He was a bad guy for Hordak. You I like know. Orko. Orko was fun. Um, Cringer. Say, never a big fan of Cringer. I, like, I mean, I like Battle Cat. You know, Cringer turned into Battle Cat, Steve. Yeah, I know that. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> what well, was that your Ernie laugh? <laughs> That was actually like more like dastardly. I think. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we'll spend. I like what they were doing on the on the remake of the of the Masters cartoon oh. when they were bringing Hordak into it. I really oh, always. Remember the new He Man where he went to the future? Yeah. Now that was stupid. Uh, Derek, number one topic comes from Christopher Tictonall. Tictonall. Um, he asked us about Skeeter from the Muppet Babies. Is she a Muppet or not? Because Scooter's sister. Scooter's sister from the Muppet Babies. She, she was never in the Muppet Show or any of the subsequent movies. We've done our homework. Yes. And it appears that Skeeter was in several other mediums other than Muppet Babies. Yes. To me, that would mean, well, A, he, she's Scooter's sister, so that has to make her a Muppet. Mm-hmm. But since she's in other things, she's definitely a Muppet. Yes. D- there was one thing you said she was in uh, Muppet Baby's live performance. Mm-hmm. She was a big old baby in that thing. <laughs> walk, baby, walk! <laughs> I, you know, I tend to agree. I, you know, that's they're Muppet Babies. That's the whole, you know, it's in the name. Yeah. Muppet babies so they're muppets of course now i think that i have i've really come around on this fraggle thing that fraggles are muppets i still don't know where i stand yeah and and here's why because if you it's go the back that will go on for if years you go back and you watch some classic like uh stuff from carson um yeah. or, or whatever you find out that the puppets employed by the jim henson company are muppets that they just all yeah, that all but I get I get off on, on on the whole idea of how big is a Muppet compared to a Fraggle because sometimes when you see Fraggles versus humans, they're very tiny. But then you see them like 
up against Muppets and they're the same size, but then you see Muppets next to people and they come up to, you know, Kermit comes up to people's weight. Right. It's just really confusing. It's get, it gets strange. It gets strange. I lay, uh, I lay awake at night thinking about it. I was just looking for my contact lens. Huh? Um, that that always freaked me Ooh, out. Watch out for the icy patch. Is when is is in the Great Muppet Caper when they're doing the whole Miss Piggy on the runway scene, mm-hmm. and she does the dive off the big thing, and you mm-hmm. can obviously tell it's a person in a Miss Piggy costume. Mm-hmm. That just always looked real freaky to me. Well, it's like in the the first few episodes of Alf when you see him fully running around, yeah. you're like ah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh! On those it's DVD, like on the it's DVDs. like a rodent got in the house, and you're trying to get up on the couch away from it. On, on the Alf DVDs, they have outtakes and stuff. Yes, and it's like Alf is an actual character, like the it never is. breaks character. It's great. Well, it's because um, the guy that ran him, he would not. It would. It was such a chore for him to come back out that he would just stay down there and keep talking. And the guy sounds just like Alf. Yeah. So when he would well, talk, he does his voice, Derek. We, I understand, but I mean he. Round two. Okay, number two is uh, the best Will Ferrell movie. This comes from Shut Up, Tim. Steve. Derek, I've been talking about this actually this past week with some people that came up in conversation. I am very partial to Anchorman. I think I'm going to have to go Anchorman too. I absolutely just... I think it's got the best jokes. It's got the best cast. I wish somehow John C. Riley could have been an Anchorman. Because I love John C. Riley, you too, and and I think his teaming up with Will Ferrell in Talladega Nights and even Step Brothers is just great. I think they just play off each other so well, but um, but there's just something about Anchorman that just it's the most quotable to me, um, and it's just I love it. I think it's, it's still I, I like Step Brothers, I like Old School, Night at the Roxbury, Night at the Roxbury, <laughs> the Austin Powers movie. I mean, you got a lot to choose from here. I have never been one for Elf. Like it, it, it's a cute little movie. Yeah. Um, I never think of that as a Will Ferrell movie, though. I never think of it as this big Christmas movie. People watch it like they do. Um, oh my gosh, I do. Christmas Vacation. I do. I do. And I, I just and don't. Christmas Vacation or Christmas watching movies for me. So now I'll tell you what I have gained a lot more respect for over the years that I hated the first time I saw it, and that is Talladega Nights. Really. And I don't know why, because when that first came out, I remember walking out of the theater going, wow, that was just awful. And I'm still that way about, what's the Blades of Glory? Blades of Glory. Yeah, Blades of Glory is forgettable to me. I saw it. And I, I hate Blades of and Glory. And I never really watched Semi-Pro. I've never seen Semi-Pro. There is a bit, every time I see the commercial for it, because USA started airing it now, um, I will crack up every time. And I'm not, I'm not going to say it here on the air because it's it's not good but <laughs> i crack up every the, uh, single time they air that i still have never seen that movie the, um the thing about yeah. the thing about anchorman versus like talladega nights to me talladega nights I, I quote a lot but it's like one or two quotes from the movie and then and then a few things from like the credits or whatever um last chance romance for love um, but with you a, don't chew big red. With, <laughs> with uh, <laughs> we were here to talk about packs of wild dogs running through <laughs> your cities, and frankly, it scares snow the crap blindness out of us. and cats. <laughs> 
Um, but you know, I Anchorman. I really, I'd heard they're doing an Anchorman two. They have had a script for a while and, and have wanted to. And I tell you what, they need to get John C. Riley in that thing somehow. He needs to be the antagonist. Yeah. I, although, like Vince Vaughn, just kills it the first. Yeah. You don't talk about my mother like that. <laughs> Dorothy Mantu is, is a saint. <laughs> There's so many great ones. Well, I'm going to take Dorothy Mantooth out for a nice steak dinner and never call her back. And then never call her again. <laughs> and there's so many. Steve Carell's it. Oh I mean, Steve, gosh, Car- yeah. Steve Carell stole that entire movie. He, there were so many places where he just, yeah, you could see, because that's kind of early in the Steve Carell picture, you know, and you can see this guy is a, he, every scene he's in, he steals. You yeah. Know? Um, from the from the big fight where he's just walking around yelling with, with the hand grenade screaming at people, <laughs> and it does give us one of yours and mine favorite bits, which is actually from the Lost movie, which is all the footage they filmed for yes. the B plot that what they made you, into another film. What do you mean one of with, those? With this, <laughs> the bacon cinnamon falafel what you, things. What, what do you mean one of those? Brick, those don't exist. Brick, that's a that's a used coffee filter. You, you got a used coffee filter filled with cigarette butts. And he just looks at him and takes a bite and he's like, mm. <laughs> What's funny is, and you need to say, if you ever watch his audition for Anchorman, yeah. that's what he does in the audition. Oh, I've not seen. And they are dying. I mean, like, well, you can hear, hear Will Ferrell on the other side of the camera, and he has tears. He's <laughs> laughing so hard because they're la- they're they're like, oh my god, Brick, stop! And he's like, mm, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's there's people who don't like Will Ferrell, and I don't understand that. I don't either. All. I mean, there's sometimes I think it goes, uh, it, it doesn't pull off very well. Right, right. And a lot of that's writing too. Like Bewitched is one of the worst movies yeah. ever made. Well, he um. His stint in the office was a little disappointing, I think, to a lot of people because he didn't I think they wanted him to be disliked, though, yeah. because if you liked him too much, then you were going to be disappointed when he left. Right, right. If he was way too funny, so they had to kind of keep that at they a medium. That back, yeah. But I mean, you can't watch. I mean, in high school and college, you know, in, in middle school, SNL every Saturday night Dude, for me. Well, when I was in college in in the nineties, mid nineties, I mean, that was the height of Spartan cheerleaders. Mm-hmm. And you know, and that whole thing, and then, um, gosh, the Harry Carey. I'm stuff. sorry, him doing Robert Goulet is still one of the Goulet. funniest things in the whole Goulet. I love his Harry Carey stuff. His Harry Carey stuff is just on the on the best. Hi there. On the be- hey hi on, on the best. If of- you're a hot dog, would you eat yourself? <laughs> on the best of Will Ferrell DVD, the the audition he does when he does that, and he's like reading the play, and he's like, I think I hate you, sweet Jesus. And the guy's like, well, we're going to stop you right there, Harry. There's a pause between uh, I think I hate you and sweet Jesus. All right, so it's I think I hate you. Sweet Jesus. Sweet Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> there, and there's those, those best of DVDs. They have some good ones on there. There's one that makes absolutely no sense to me. I don't know how it came up in the writer's room, but it, it's a sketch between him and Chris Parnell. He's a doctor. And Chris Parnell and, um, oh, what is that woman's name? Oh, where he's like the, um, he's the fertility doctor. And he, he loses their kid at the, oh, the concert. Yes. I weep openly at that sketch every time because then uh, here comes Tim Meadows doing the robot. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, Will Ferrell tells him, I'm sorry, your, your son's a witch. <laughs> and they're like, oh my God, how do we, you know, how do we, 
is there any cure? It's like, well, we'll, we'll ask Dr. Poop. And yes, please don't make fun of his name. <laughs> and then comes Tim Meadows. He's like, hi, I'm Dr. Poop. I can't, I can't cure your son, but I can do the robot. Yes, and he starts I've dancing the robot. He's like, that'll be $5,000. Yes, <laughs> I know that one. I love the one where he's talking to like the neighbors come over and he's just grilling. He's like, um, it's like, yeah. So how you doing? How, how are things on the, on the golf course going? Yeah. yeah I tell you, I'm having a hard, Hey kids, Kids, get off, get the, off shed. the shed. Just start, he starts, let's get off the shed. All right. And he goes back, just normal conversation. Kids, get off the shed. So anyhow, that's I was his, there. That's his um, He does audition have an audition, too. but there was also, they also went ahead and did that in a skit. Yeah, they did a real one. Or a sketch, I should say. Not get off skit. the shed. So, <laughs> so there it is. Skeeter's a Muppet. Anchorman's the best uh, Will Ferrell movie in Master of the Universe. Better than Thundercats. If you disagree... Uh, go choose some big red gum. Um, our uh, our home on the interweb is geekoutpodcast.com. You can email us with round three topics or your thoughts on all the things we've talked about at geekoutonline at gmail.com. Geekoutonline at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is twitter.com forward slash geekoutloud. We'd love to hear from you over there. Follow us and we'll follow you back. That's the guarantee, unless you're some weird spam bot or something. Um, and so that's all I got, Derek. It's been fun, man. Always. Classic late pleasure. Night, classic late night steric. So uh, until next time, I'm Steve. That's Derek. Tune in next time when you might hear Derek say, uh, Can I get some fries with that shake? <laughs>